From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion, Disneyland Edition, for the week of March 28, 2013. I'm your host, Tom Bell, and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson and Wayne Toygo. And in this segment, Wayne has the next chapter in his Disneyland 101 series. Wayne? Greetings, everyone. Greetings. In, <laughs> in this segment of Oh, you weren't talking Disney- to me, were you? Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'll start again. Greetings, everyone. In this segment of our Disneyland 101 series, we are going to talk about one of my favorite things about the Disneyland Resort, and I know it is certainly one of this podcast team's favorite things. In fact, most of the time when we digress away from whatever our favorite topic is... We digress? Really? It invariably leads to this in one way or another, and that's Food. Ah, dang, I thought you were going to talk about ticket prices. <laughs> Dining around Disneyland can certainly be a huge topic, and there are so many different aspects that we can cover. We all know that we have a very wide range of dining choices around the Disneyland parks, and that's a good thing because almost everyone has a different way of approaching food and dining. But... In this Disneyland 101 segment, I don't want to do specific restaurant reviews or go over the menus of each location in New Orleans Square. As with my other segment, I want to talk not only to the annual passport veterans who know every restaurant and snack kiosk, but mostly to those travelers who have never been to Disneyland or don't go that often. I especially want to talk to those frequent Walt Disney World veterans who, who <laughs> dining is almost a required plan, a whole plan in itself. So. Too much work. Let's look at the food options we have at the Disneyland Resort and see if we can cover some of the dining strategies that not only get us through the day, but become a fun part of our day. Okay. Enough of the prepared text. This is too big a topic for me to read a whole narrative. So let me take off the reporter hat and put on my storytelling hat, and let's dive into this. Oh, no. (laughs) From the top, we can plan several different ways to attack dining. There are those who wish to plan every single detail, get everything down and have a fixed plan for the whole day. And, of course, that's great. Some others plan only, say, one thing a day. Um, plan your, your most important meal or the thing that you want to enjoy the most. There are others that don't plan at all, and that, believe it or not, tends to be the way I work it. Just walk in, and however it works out that day is however it works out. It really depends on how you tour the parks and the way all of that works together. Um, That's why I believe we have so many choices here and so many different ways to go about that. Let me hit this straight up. Unlike Disney World, you do not have to make 
your advanced dining reservations, your ADRs. At Disneyland, it's not even called that. At Disneyland, we call it Disney Dining, and you make reservations for Disney Dining. And really, um, while you can make dining reservations almost anywhere, certainly at any of the big name places, most of us find that that's just not necessary. The wait times, in fact, from, from what I've been hearing, especially of late, the wait times at some of the reservation requ- uh, requested places aren't even helping if you have a, um, uh, an advanced reservation. A a Blue Bayou seating. in particular. Yeah, well, see, and they don't even call it that I anymore. know. It depends on which literature you're reading. I agree. If you look on the websites these days, the phrase you'll see the most is Disney Dining when you're talking about the Disneyland Resort. So except for Blue Bayou, Carthay Circle, and I would say Goofy's Kitchen too, those three, for the most part, yes, you're going to want to make an advanced reservation of some kind. So that at least you get your place in line and <laughs> I don't, haven't seen anyone completely turned away, but I have seen, oh, Blue Bayou? Yeah, we have reservations for tomorrow and when yeah. you walk up to the little counter. Yeah. Now, um, let's also get this out of the way. Disneyland does have a dining plan. <laughs> yes, Boy. you are justified in laughing. It is almost a laughable program. Yeah. This is, this is pay for meals with vouchers instead of cash. It is available through the Walt Disney Travel Company and only when you buy a vacation package. If you're the kind of person that likes that idea or feels more comfortable with it, you can work that out when you book your travel. It's called the Disney Dining Plan. Honestly, I I don't know one single person that's ever taken advantage of this. I I think you'd have to... It's very awkward. You'd have to plan even more than you would at Disney World. Way more. I agree. Because whatever value is left on your voucher, you can't use. You don't get get the change. Yeah, yeah, they don't make change. Completely agree. I, you know, again, if this is, if this is your thing, if you really, really need this kind of thing, it is available, but only if you book a cat, uh, package, which means room and tickets, um, and it's through Div- Disney Travel only. You, I don't even know that you can get this online. Maybe if you get a, a package online, you can yeah. add that in. If you do want to make a regular dining reservation, Two ways to do that. You can call Disney Dining at 714-781-DINE-3463. Or you can try the newest thing, which for many people works out quite nicely. You just send an email to dine at Disneyland.com. There's some stuff you got to put in there, the you know how many in your party and when you want, what you're requesting, and all of that is online. And of course, we're going to put notes in the uh, links in the show notes. Um, but that's that's an easy way too. And I don't want you to forget either about the online application, Disney's Mobile Magic. Now, I don't think you can actually make a reservation with Mobile Magic at Disneyland, but it does give you a convenient way to look at the menu and then call them directly from the app. 
And that's, that's an easy way to go too. But for most of these places, like I said, walk up is going to be as good as anything else, except for maybe Carthay Circle and Blue Bike. That's, those are the two biggies. So, would you care to take a guess at the total number of food establishments in Disneyland, California Adventure, Downtown Disney, oh, and all of the Disneyland hotels? And I'm not counting carts and the walk-around vendors that we see throughout the park. 60? I'd Mary, say 82. Uh, you rat. <laughs> the exact number. There are 82 <laughs> established. I am good. <laughs> nice. I counted, I counted places that have separate cashiers. Okay. So, uh, there are a few places where they have a main restaurant and then either an outdoor quick service thing or maybe a walk up thing that they have and I, you count, I counted that as two. But Jazz I, Kitchen, Jazz Kitchen Express? That kind of thing, okay. yes, yeah. yes. I don't think you're going to go hungry at Disneyland. No. I really, really don't. I think if you can't find food at the Disneyland Resort, I really don't think you're trying hard enough. <laughs> so yeah. let's look at... The ca- we got to break this down somehow. We got it. We got to get some some method for getting a strategy, and at least for for our parks, let's let's figure out a way to categorize some of this. So, as with most Disney parks, dining categories can be broken down into really three major categories. You got food, full service dining, which is sit down at a table. Waiter service brings you your food. You get a bill at the end for the whole thing. Your typical restaurant situation. Then you have counter service or what Disneyland likes to call casual dining. This is walk up to a cashier, order what you want and pick it up right there at a service window. Lastly, we have Quick service, which is again order and take, but usually there isn't a separate place to do that. Usually you're walking right up to the counter where there's a cashier. You place your order, they go get it, they bring it to you, you pay for it, and you're out the door. So three basic categories. I don't want to hit every single restaurant, but let's give some examples in each area. Let's start with full service. At Disneyland, you got places like Carnation Cafe, Cafe Orleans, Blue Bayou, Big Thunder Ranch Barbecue. Uh-huh. Sit down, waiter service, usually a nice themed experience. Not necessarily leisurely service, but you can certainly make it that way, but not rushed or hurried service either. At California Adventure, Ariel's Grotto, and boy is that an interesting place. They really have a different way of doing food service there with the combination of family style entrees and, and service. Mixed in with sort of a character experience, too. Ariel's Grotto, really, really different, really interesting. Wine Country Tutoria, very nice place. And, of course, Carthay Circle. I think Tom can tell us the most about how wonderful that experience is. (laughs) 
at Downtown Disney, you also got some amazing sit-down, full-service restaurants. This is almost the signature thing going on in Downtown Disney. Yeah, most, most of them are sit-down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Catal, House of Blues, Naples Ristorante, Rainforest Cafe, our favorite, Ralph Brennan's, mm-hmm. Tortilla Joe's, even ESPN. All of those have sit-down service. House of Blues? And- I said, yep, yep, house of blues. Sorry. And in the hotels at the Disneyland Resort hotels, you got your three hotels. You got the Disneyland Hotel, you got the Grand Californian, you got Paradise Pier, Goofy's Kitchen, Steakhouse 55, the wonderful Napa Rose, Storytellers, PCH Grill. All sit down. I don't think you can find, you know, really a bad meal anywhere. Good service, good environment, once again, theming, that's your full service for, for selections. Take it down a notch. Now we're getting more into theme park style dining, but with the Disney flair to it that's even so a step above what a regular amusement park would be. This is your counter service, your casual dining. At Disneyland, you got places like Plaza Inn, Riverbell Terrace, French Market, even Hungry Bear, Rancho del Zocalo, Village House, Red Rockets, and in fact, let's, I'll come back to that, and Tomorrowland Terrace. Walk up, order what you want, pick it up, get your drinks, get your desserts, your extras, go find a table and enjoy. Each of these places has unique menu, unique experience, nicely themed, fun environment, such a variety of things to go. Everybody trashes Red Rockets. I want to get in a little a little thing here for Red Rockets. Presumably a pizza place. Almost everyone agrees this this is nothing to Never go there for get pizza. the pizza. <laughs> yeah. Never go there for pizza. Never go there for pizza. We all, I think, universally agree with this. But they have some amazing dishes that aren't pizza. Their pastas are amazing. Their salads are enormous. This is actually made right to order if you get lucky. And they have on a on a hot day in Disneyland they have one of the coolest and i mean temperature cool places to sit in the entire park mm-hmm. they share their dining area with the very beginning of the space mountain queue line it's undercover it's protected from the sun totally it's air conditioned it's big and wide and open and it is so comfortable it's one of my hidden secrets for hot summer days of where to go. And even in the winter, it's not cold to sit out there for no. dining. Completely agree. Jump over to California Adventure for casual dining. Taste Pilot's Grill, love the ribs. Boardwalk Pizza and Pasta, again, a nice variety for a newer place. Paradise Garden Grill, very different for those that like that sort of menu. The Cochina Cocomanga Mexican Grill, which has the exact same menu as Rancho de Zocalo. 
our favorite Cozy Cone Motel and Flo's V8 Cafe, the Lucky Fortune Cookery, which was recently redone within the last couple of years, and the Pacific Wharf Cafe for those great, wonderful bread bowls and the soups and salads that you can get inside them. Down at Downtown Disney, you also have casual service options, Earl of Sandwich, La Brea Bakery, and even a couple of walk-up counters at Tortilla Joe's and the Napolini walk-up right there outside the Naples Ristorante. The hotels even have walk-up casual. You got Tangaroa Terrace over at the Disneyland Hotel. We've spoken about that loads of times. Definitely one of Tony's favorites. I love it too. And Whitewater Snacks over at the Grand Californian, which yeah. I think is one of Tom's favorites. Yeah. Counter service, casual dining at the parks is going to be, I would say, your your primary choice for most people. doesn't have to be your primary choice, but you're going to find most people gravitating to these. It's especially during prime time where you're going to see the most crowds, something to take into consideration. We'll talk about that in a minute. Well, you know, too, and, and it's I think one of the reasons we have so many really great counter services is because Frankly, they're really great counter services. People want to get through things quick. Absolutely. And they're tasty, unlike some places in another large theme park we won't mention. Well, and that's that's an extremely good point because the menus at each of these places is so varied that when you take the family there – you're going to be hard-pressed not to please everybody. Uh, each location is going to have a variant based on style and taste of a wide range that get there. Yep. Just because, just because the, the Mexican restaurants serve Mexican Hispanic-based foods doesn't mean that every entree there has that aspect to it. It's have that that flavor. It's going to have that, that that tendency. But you're still for for your family. You're going to find a wide range of selections there. I would heartily agree with you on that one. So let's let's now go down to the fastest service we can get, and that's quick service. This is your walk up, order something, and go because I got no time. Or I don't have a big appetite or, 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 or a big requirement right now. Disneyland, one of Nancy and mine's favorites, the Bengal Barbecue. What <laughs> place. Do you go every time, Nancy? No, we don't go every time, but if I'm in the need for a quick protein fix, like if my girls are starting to do that blood sugar drop thing, or if I just want something like, for instance, Mary Jo and I were there one time. We grabbed Bengal barbecue and went straight for the Haunted Mansion line. And we sat there and we snacked on our, you know, I snacked on my, my Bengal barbecue in the line. And that makes it so easy. It's so convenient and it really, really is good. And I just, again, I can't name another theme park that has this kind of thing. Sorry. Golden Horseshoe. You wouldn't think that a location like Golden Horseshoe would have a great menu, but they do. Whether you're there to see the show or, attention, hidden treasure in between shows, 
the quick service line is still open and almost never has a big line. So you can go in and you can get finger foods and quick desserts and certainly uh, drinks and stuff real quick, real easy. And if a show's not going on, almost always comfy seating and plenty of it nice and cool and out of the sun. And that, that it's a it's a great little hidden gem. Harbor Gallery, the Coke Refreshment Corner, Stage Door mm-hmm. Cafe. Up in the Fantasyland area, the Troubadour Tavern, great little hidden gem for a little quick sandwich. And, of course, the very famous Little Red Wagon that serves the best corn dogs on property. Jump across to California Adventure, Fortune Cookery, Pacific Wharf Cafe. In downtown Disney, we even have a few selections, but these tend to be more mall-style fast food. you got Jumpa. Would, would like oh, award wieners for- be in the quick service? I was going to say you forgot award wieners. I'm I'm sorry. I was I'm. I'm How can you forget wieners? I'm trying to give examples. I don't know that I have all eighty two on my list. <sighs> the wieners and the corn dogs. <laughs> so all I got to say is the wieners and the corn dogs. Oh, and corn dog castle. Here you go. Right over at DCA, we have award wieners, and what they must have like six or eight variants of your standard hot dog. Yep. Every one yeah. of them different. I have had a bad one yet. I have. Which Which one do you hate? Um, it was one of the special ones. Like a. Uh, I I tried the one that was like the pizza dog, the one with marinara sauce on it. it no. Was good. Was it I like want to say Frank it was Frankenweenie or something. No, I want to say it was like the portobello mushroom. Okay, dog. That one. It was a vegetarian dog, and it sounded like it would have been good. Uh, why? Why would you even? No. Okay. Sorry. Well, it, you know, that's just it's asking kinda, for disappointment. It's kind of like why would they serve the crab roll there during food and wine festival? Yeah. <laughs> I'm it's saying on it's on a bun. They did that one year. It wasn't a good crab roll. <laughs> Anyway, and over at downtown Disney, Jump Juice, Wetzel's Pretzels, Hagen Doss, basically snack foods. But the point is, you can still find food. And at the hotels, there's even fast the food. Crepe cart. You forgot that, the crepe cart. Not just giving examples. If you want, we can hit all eighty-two. I got the list right here, starting with number one in alphabetical order. Let me round up. It is my job to to fill in the yummiest blanks. It's so much fun. I I know. Let's start. Let's start this month. We'll hit every single month of the month. Oh, and how much weight do you plan on gaining? (laughs) And we just we get Tony to get us on his running regimen, and we'll be we'll be okey dokey. Let me round out quick service at the hotels because there's even choices there. Over at the Disneyland Hotel, you've got the Coffee House, okay. which is almost like a grab-and-go location. Yep. There's also Tangaroa Terrace, which has, in addition to their order from the menu items, they also have a, a nice little grab-and-go section where you can go get whatever you want and just check out. And also, we just mentioned it, but it's in this category too, over at Grand Californian Whitewater Snack has a grab and go. You got quick service options all over. Some of them open later too, which is a factor. Let me just want a Paradise Pier open. 
I don't know the answer. There's that one at, there's that one at Paradise Pier that I, I think most people overlook too because it's right tucked in with the bar. So oh, it doesn't surf, look like lounge? a... Yeah. Because they have grab and grow for breakfast. They have yeah, all they kinds do. of pastries. They're We've really, done that. I like that listed as mostly um, cocktails and... Um, yeah, yeah they, they have they have some breakfast stuff and lunch stuff too. They offer yeah. sandwiches. Yeah. Let me break okay. out character dining. This this deserves mentioning because believe it or not, we don't really have that much. What we have is pretty nice, but there, it's it's not very varied. Over at Disneyland, we have the Plaza Inn, which has Mickey's uh, Minnie's breakfast. And at least for a little while, I don't know by the time we air this podcast, though, I heard the birthday party's going away. Yeah, that's what I heard, too. Uh, but anyway, at the Plaza Inn, in the morning, Minnie's breakfast, and that's that's great. That's a nice little character breakfast. I've been to that. I enjoyed it. Over at California Adventure, character breakfast at Ariel's. Or, I'm sorry, character meals at Ariel's. And that one's really nice. You get quite a few princesses uh, wandering around in that facility, so that's a nice that's a nice character meal. At the hotels, you got you got a couple. Uh, you got Goofy's Kitchen, which, believe it or not, is one of the best character experiences on property. Storytellers in the morning, Chip and Dale, and all of those characters. And over uh, at uh, Paradise Pier, you got the PCH Grill. At Downtown Disney itself, there are no character meals. So you, if you're not in the parks, you're going to have to go to the hotels. Otherwise, it's Plaza Inn and Ariel's. So we do have a few character meals, but it's not the plethora of character meals that you may be used to at Disney World, for example. Let's also mention while I'm breaking out categories here, Trader Sam's. I I felt while this technically goes into the category of bars and lounges, I thought this was men- worth mentioning by it's, it. It's a step above bar food. It really, really is. This becomes almost an entertainment venue. Uh-huh. Everything that's going on inside with the variety of menu items that you can have – the very special cocktails, to be sure, although they certainly have plenty of non-alcoholic beverages, definitely family style in that regard. The the appetizers, the little snack items, I mean, I know, Tom, you're with me on this one. We can easily do lunch here with no oh, yeah. all. Yeah. And lastly, just because it's on property, I'm going to mention Club 33. Even though it's not open to us poor little peasant people <laughs> or that membership, um, if perchance you do get the opportunity to go to Club 33, I don't think you're going to have a nicer dinner experience anywhere um, on, on property anyway. So those are your big categories. Now, what do we do with them? Well, some of that's going to depend on what your schedule is for for the day and how you're going to how you're going to work dining in or better yet how you're going to fit everything else in around dining <laughs> day is a big consideration and how you wound up 
either planning for that or at least thinking about it. And, and that, that, that's actually a significant point. While you can definitely survive with no plan at all and take dining as it comes, if you really want an experience, if you want to make dining an attraction, a venue, an entertainment thing for you, you are going to want to consider when, especially what time, and that may govern where you go. For example, the rush times. For breakfast, we know that's going to be before 10 a.m. in the parks. There's only a few places that kind of specialize in breakfast. Carnation Cafe, to be sure. Mm-hmm. Plaza Inn for Minnie's Breakfast. And also Riverbell Terrace, which, you know, that used to be the primary place to go for breakfast at Disneyland. And uh, attention, Disney World folks, this is something that's kind of unique out here. Disney World, they kind of expect you to have breakfast either outside the parks or in your hotel before you come. Disney World doesn't make a lot of provisions for breakfast. To be sure, there's some. I'm not saying there's none. But there's not a big emphasis. Disneyland has a big emphasis on breakfast. Oh, yeah, we do. Bakery has... A, a, a big, big breakfast menu. Everything from egg sausage and, and uh, biscuits to um, breakfast burritos, and you know, uh, there's there's a plethora of choices out there. And that's before you even get into the park. So you can get off the the parking lot tram, go right to La Brea Bakery, and have a wonderful breakfast before you even enter the park. And of course, our hidden gem Steakhouse Fifty Five for breakfast. Absolutely, absolutely. Don't forget to go the other direction from the ho- from from the tram, or if you're staying on property for that kind of thing. Anyway, before 10 a.m., that's the breakfast rush hour. So if you're if you're really hot on breakfast, if you're one of those morning people that you know gets up and gets going early, and you want to make this a priority. You might want to think about planning that for the right time when you know the most people are are, are going to also be interested in that kind of thing. So want to hit bell. The first thing that you do when you get into the parks, you might want to go directly there rather than. And you can get a good breakfast fairly. I mean, fairly quickly. For instance, you can combine it with your early touring of Cars Land by eating breakfast at Flo's. We had mentioned that, I think, on how many shows ago we talked about and we were kind of, we were kind of asking each other, have we all eaten breakfast at Flo's? And I actually went and did that the other morning. And it was amazingly good. What'd you get? I got deep French toast. And it is quite the bananas and caramel and it's the salted caramel um, brioche French toast, I believe is the official name of it. And oh my gosh. I I really want to try that too. I am just such not a morning person. It's hard for me to get to the parks before 10 a.m. One word of caution on that. If you want to cut back on your sodium or... Too much salt on salted car- caramel is a little much for you. They actually garnish with salt after the whole thing is put together. 
Ah, okay. So if that sounds a little odd to you, I thought the salt might have been a little strong, but it was still extremely good. Let's talk about the two other rush times, lunchtime. Well, surprisingly, from 11.30 to 2 p.m., all of your lunch locations are going to be full. That's not saying don't avoid them. That's just saying people tend to get in habits. It's not a surprise. So when you go to Hungry Bear at 12.30, don't be surprised if the line is a little bit long and it takes you a little while to get there. It's not as crazy as the Florida lines, though, at lunchtime. I completely agree, and this is a good time for me to add in my favorite moniker, which is don't be afraid of the lines. The lines move. They really do. People don't just stand there in line all day long. And all these locations, they... They aren't doing their thing if they have people standing in line. They are motivated to get people served quickly, efficiently, professionally. Don't be afraid of the lines. If 12.30 is your lunchtime, go. Just be aware, pack your patience, and it may take just a minute or two longer. And I think you also have to be aware of entertainment schedules. For example, parades at 6.30... Parades over at 7 o'clock, the Plaza Inn line is going to be huge because people are coming off the parade. And This is exactly what I'm talking about. And referencing that, too, our dinner rush hour from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., you're going to see your biggest crowds there. So, again, something to factor in. If you, if you have an important place or a special place that you want to go, you might not make your plans for back-to-back attractions if your meal times are going to be in one of these rush hour periods. The off hours, if you've got a flexible schedule, if you aren't rigid in when you make your meals, if you're like me and don't really like regular meal times, the off hours can be an amazing plus. I like lunch not at lunchtime, but a little after lunchtime. Between 2 p.m. and 4 p.m., you can just about walk into almost anywhere. Cafe Orleans is a perfect example. I love going to Cafe Orleans at about 3.30. I never have a problem walking up and within 5 or 10 minutes getting seated at a table. If your schedule can accommodate that and if you're, if you're traveling with an itinerary that allows you to do this and you like doing it, this is a great time saver and it's not as crowded, it's not as rushed, the service personnel are a lot less stressed and therefore more friendly. It's, it's a really good thing to go in, in the afternoon off hours. While I'm talking about that too, let's talk about when it's too late. Here's one of kind of the downsides about dining at Disneyland. After 10 p.m., your choices really have shut down. You're pretty much, after 10 p.m., you're pretty restricted to fast. Churros and chili dogs. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So by 9 o'clock, you really, you have to plan for having your late night meal if you don't want to just snack. Uh, before nine o'clock. Otherwise, it really is going to be too late for anything nice, if, if you, I can use that term. Well, how about it, or we should clarify that anything inside the parks 
that's cool. nice because you can still go out and get a nice meal in Naples or or any of those. Well, I was going to bring that up too, and and thank you for adding that. After hours, downtown Disney and the hotels is your destination, and there are certainly a lot of choices that are definitely going to be open later with with good selections with with plenty to do so don't think you're going to be totally locked out just because you miss 9 p.m. but it just won't be inside the parks yeah one last thing the nighttime shows um everybody likes <laughs> likes disney after dark from the fireworks fantasmic world of color there's a lot of we, we know there's a lot of crowd associated with those events if that's your priority factor in your meals because of that and certainly allow yourself enough time because we know for the most part you're not going to have a big meal somewhere and then 15 minutes before showtime walk up to the foot of the castle and expect a great place to stand for fireworks you're kind of going to get locked out so if you want to have a nice meal at some place and you're definitely planning on going to see Fantasmic, you may want to adjust your times to allow a little extra time for, well, I need to get to fireworks area if I want to be in the hub maybe an hour ahead of time, certainly no less than a half an hour ahead of time. Fantasmic, depending on the show I go to, i got to arrange some time there. And we know the whole world of color drill. I mean, that... That's your whole evening, right? Mm-hmm. If you wanna, if you're planning to do World of Color, and I think Nancy and all our all our families out there will definitely attest, there is nothing worse than having to get in the World of Color line two hours ahead of time to ensure you get a good spot for the kids, and having misplanned your meals and not gotten dinner early enough to where now you're standing in line with cranky, screamy, hungry children. You know, we've never gotten in line for World of Color two hours ahead. Very good. You're did <laughs> last time. I absolutely refused. I, I tried. I tried the walk up fifteen minutes ahead of showtime and see see what happened. And you know what? The viewing sucked. <laughs> it was terrible. We've so, always been lucky. Uh, that's great. I I I and I think. Boy, we could, we could, we could, we can, we, in fact, someone ought to do a world of color review. <laughs> okay, prelude to the future. Alright, so now we got our time of day, we got our categories, um, I think it's kind of, I kind of think it's kind of up to you as to how you want to plan this, how you want to strategize this. Oh wait. There's one other category that Bear's talking about. Uh-oh. The snacks. <laughs> We've done that one to death. Oh, but, <laughs> and because the list is even longer. We can start at the bakeries and the candy shops with the pastries and the muffins and, mm. and the candy apples and fudge and chocolate-covered pretzels and cookies and nut clusters and fruit tarts and cake slices. Do I need to go on? That's just at the bakeries. Then we have ice cream. Ice cream is is a perennial theme park favorite. The Disneyland Resort, no exception. Two ways to do ice cream at the parks, parlor served, and at the snack carts. 
In both parks, you got choices for Parlor Served, Gibson Girl at Disneyland, Ghirardelli, wonderful place, new. They got some phenomenal concoctions for ice cream at Ghirardelli. We've all seen the snack carts. And if you're an ice cream enthusiast, there's nothing better than the snack cart in the afternoon with your Mickey bar or one of my favorites, the Toll House cookie. The popcorn stands, you don't have to go, what, 50 feet before you run into a popcorn stand? Churro stands, cotton candy, hot dogs and corn dogs in themselves are a theme park staple, and we have lots of choices for those. It's quick, fast food, and they're amazingly prevalent even in the parks. The Little Red Wagon, Pluto's House, Refreshment Corner, Corn Dog Castle. If hot dogs are your thing, and they're my thing, there's no problem getting there. We've mentioned before Bengal Barbecue, perfect place for snacks. Pizza is a wonderful snack for a lot of people. Red Rockets in the evening, because it's a counter service, you can walk up, you can get one slice of pizza and pay for it and walk out and you're on your way. Back in Toontown, Daisy's Diner, the same kind of thing. Pizza, very, very easy to do. Cozy Cone Motel, we, we, we know that most of Cozy Cone is snack based in one form or another. Over around Fantasyland and in the hub, they have the carts for the turkey legs, for corn on the cob, and even chimichangas, which some people on this team I know really recommend against. I don't find them that horribly bad. Oh, they're vile. I, and that would be me you're talking about. Vile. I, I'm t- terrible. <clears throat> uh, I have tried. I it, it was fine for what it was. but. Vile. You can go a completely different direction, and this is something that we have to emphasize. We've talked about all this, you know, theme park junk food. It's very easy to do completely healthy when you're in the Disneyland Resort. There, uh, At the restaurants, it's easy. At the restaurants, there's plenty of entree selections for you to stay healthy. But even walking around... There is an amazing amount of fresh and healthy selections all over the park. In DCA, you got the Fairfax Mar- Market, which has uh, cold and fresh fruits and snacks. At, you have more at Fillmore's in Cars Land. Over in Adventureland, there's Tropical Imports, which also has all of this, including juices and stuff. There are the fruit stands on Main Street and in Critter Country. There's never a line at these places. Yes, the prices are going to be a little expensive, but hey, it means that if if corn dogs are not your thing, if you'd really rather have a pineapple slice or just a good old crispy apple, you can get it there, and it, life is wonderful. Golden Horseshoe, Sundays, over at the backside of Farmer's uh, Farmers. French Market, there is the Mint Julep Bar, and serve Mickey Beignets, and another special, unique snack that you can get around. Over at DCA, you can get smoothies at Schmoozies, mm-hmm. on items. And back over at the Stage Door Cafe, between Adventureland and Frontierland, 
funnel cakes. Strawberry or chocolate brownie. Top them with whipped cream, powdered sugar, or both. Even at the Mad Tea Party, you can get snacks. Now, these tend to be adult snacks. They have the, I'm never going to pronounce this right, the Mad Hatito, the cro- Croquettini, Jabberwocky Juice, and the Cheshire Twist. All, all the adult, vi- uh, adult variety cocktails served at the Mad Tea Party. And for me, the ultimate favorite snack, the one that I usually have at least one every trip that I go, right next to the Tiki Room, the Dole Whip. I described it recently as heaven in a plastic cup. So, with all that in mind, what you're really, what you're really down to as far as your decision is what kind of experience do you want once you're once you're in the park and you're deciding what kind of day you're going to have or you're planning ahead of time and you're deciding on the places you want to go. You can have the dining experience or you can have the grab and go. It's, it's up to how you want to do it. Some people like really, they, they go to, they go to the parks and they're all about attractions. Dining becomes secondary. For others, it's the touring aspect. I want to go. I want to have a leisurely day at the theme park. I want to make my dining experience just that, an experience. Some of that is based on whether you're an early bird person. I know Tony loves to get there early, hit all the attractions as fast as he can, hit as many attractions as he can, and then have the rest of the day to leisurely do whatever he wants to do. And lots of folks do this. Lots of folks are early birds and get there and that, that's actually a benefit if you're dining because now you can, you can have your pick of whatever you want to go and whatever you want to do. We did that the other day. We, we hit, um, the annual pass holder extra magic hour on Sunday at Disneyland. Got there at seven o'clock. Did Peter Pan, Dumbo, teacups, Alice in Wonderland, Mr. Toad, and the Matterhorn. We were on the first Storyland Canal boat at 8 o'clock, and then went and had Carnation Cafe for breakfast. See, and that that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's perfect. On the other hand, for those of us who, who work the other end of the, of the <laughs> and like to come late and stay late, that's just a matter of shifting. So I may grab a muffin or so on the way in and not worry about breakfast and then have plenty of time for uh, a late lunch, uh, a nicer dinner, whatever uh, works for a later schedule in the day. Then you have the intense folks who go commando style and they just, they, they're going to grab whatever they want to between attractions versus do everything that you want to do all at once all day long. So even commando style where you're taking the entire day, there's ways to do your dining so that you can fit that into the the type of style that you'd like to do when you're in the parks. One last category, 
dining is the thing you do all day. You basically plan your day around nothing but how you're going to go from, not necessarily restaurant to restaurant, but attractions become secondary to, boy, you know, I'm going to go to Carthay Circle today, and that's my major event, and I really don't care what else we do. So... And let's try and get some of the strategies. I've mapped out a few of what would be some of, I think, the most typical strategies that you can do for dining. The first one I just call the typical theme park strategy. Here you're going to have a quick breakfast, maybe muffin or fruit at one of the carts, or even bring your own. Or you can have a nicer breakfast, say... Riverdale Terrace with the Mickey Pancakes that are a signature thing for Disneyland. La Brea Bakery we've mentioned. Even Fiddler Pfeiffer Cafe for a nice but quick breakfast. That gets you into the theme park and into your theme park experience. Lunch, you could do counter service, which gives you an opportunity to rest your feet. You don't spend too much time, but you also get good food. Dinner on the go, usually a quick service, whatever happens to hit your fancy without taking too much time, that's your typical theme park experience where your biggest emphasis is going to be on the attractions, shows, the things that you're there for. Still have nice food, but not really an emphasis for food. Then you go the extreme the other direction for those who, who strategize with who has time for food. With this group, everything's a quick meal. Every meal is an afterthought. And you know what? That's perfect, and you can do that. That's what your fruit stands and your fast food and your snack carts and eating in the car on the way or after you leave or or certainly after you leave the parks. There is provision for that, and those people are taken care of before. Uh, those people are taken care of also. And it's a great way to tour if you really don't have time or don't want to be bothered with food. On the other hand, dining as the day. This is actually one of my favorites, and I've done this a couple of times, where every meal becomes an experience. For example, you can do character dining, table service. You could even do afternoon cocktails at Disneyland, uh, at the Disneyland hotels, the resort hotels, or at downtown Disney. There is no emphasis on the attractions. You're there for a good time, kind of basing your day around, around meal service. This is also good for nighttime fun, the whole Disney after dark thing again, where you're you're planning your meals around the meals themselves, but you still have plenty of time for all of that nighttime activities. Oh, and by the way, one other thing, if you're going to try dining as the day, this is a great way to do a romantic day. No stress. You have time to walk around, spend time with each other, talk, people watch, and do all of that in between whatever location you choose to have your meals whenever you want to. You still get lots of, lots of park time. You're just not doing roller coasters and, uh, you know, thrill rides and such like that, but you're more make, more making your meal as the primary reason for the day.
Well, to wrap up, I might as well give you Wayne's way, and that's what do I do the most most of the time when I visit the parks? I tend to be a little bit of a mix with a late schedule, so I'll have an easy entry into the parks, usually between 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. I like a very light breakfast. I like either just muffin or something similar, and then... I plan for my big meal around a a middle afternoon big lunch. I like table service or one of the nicer sit-down counter services. I love Cafe Orleans, Big Thunder Barbecue, Flows is one of my favorites. One of those where after I've spent some of the morning walking around, doing some attractions, then I can have my nice lunch, and that gets me ready for... uh, Hack the whole rest of the day. Light dinner or snack, like at the little red wagon, towards the later part of the day, and I'm good to go. That's, that's Wayne's way. How about you two? Any other favorites? Gosh. I, I can never turn down the pleasant fried chicken. That's, that's a typical dinner for me. And, and as you know, um, I was, I was, uh, in the parks just a few weeks ago taking pictures and boy, this was one of those I didn't plan at all for dinner. Here I am in the hub and it's like, perfect, what a perfect meal. Sit down, good proportions, nicely priced too. That's another thing. Some of these table service, uh, locations and, and even the counter service ones, for the type of meal that you're getting, really nicely priced. You got some theme park pricing in there too, especially if you go to uh, Blue Bayou. A little overpriced there, but um, it's still very nice. Yeah, for us, the one place I can never get anybody to go with me to is the Harbor Galley. I love their soup bowls. And it's yet another place you can get the jambalaya that's not um, as crowded as the Royal, um, Royal as the Royal Street um, Veranda. Yeah, the Royal Street Veranda. Thank you. And they have a killer cheese and broccoli soup. So There's nothing wrong with that. So many things. I I think we need to strongly consider this uh, tour every restaurant this month. And we're in soup season still. We haven't quite gotten to that. You know have a cold salad or have a you know have a cool relaxing it's still a great season for the warmer items and don't forget the coffee cart <laughs> oh yeah absolutely the coffee cart over at california adventure is one of my husband's favorite places and they have muffins too which is why i go there <laughs> there's just so many different places and so many different things and we all try something different almost every time we go for the most part. I mean, with my kids, I never know what they're going to want to have. Um, one thing parents should keep in mind, especially parents of toddlers, is that you cannot get the traditional toddler macaroni and cheese at every single location. Agreed. Counter service location. Some of them are themed. Some of them have arroz con pollo, which is rice and chicken. Um and a lot of them are switching over to the Power Pack, which is uh, uh, yogurt and goldfish crackers and, you know, four or five things that kids really love all put into one that they can snack on while you're walking around. 
and sometimes we'll just get those for the kids just so they have something. And I realize that's all commercial food versus Disneyland fresh-made food, but if you need something portable that's in packages that you can carry around to keep your kids going, that's certainly certainly a place. Perfect, perfect. Well, as we have seen, there are dozens of dining choices around the Disneyland Resort and just as many ways to experience all those wonderful places. And whether you are a rush-and-go or a sit-and-relax diner, I promise you that you will have a great experience and will never go hungry. That'll do it for this Disneyland 101 segment. And now, if you'll pardon me, I think it's time for a Mickey bar. See you next time. Thank you, Wayne. That is going to do it for this segment of the Dis Unplugged. Be sure to catch our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.